Jordan Hernandez, and this is Just Our Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we are meeting with college advisor, Dr. Daniel Keller, down here in Palm Beach County. And he's going to be going over some of the secret tips that college advisors give to students. And those students and their families pay a lot of money to hear. So we're here today to answer your questions and to get you into a situation that you feel comfortable with for your five and 10 year plan, because it really does start when you're 16, 17, maybe even 18 years old. Dr. Keller, thank you so much for being here today. Not a problem. The gift cards help. I'm just kidding. Speaking of the difference, <laughs> we, do have, we do have a word from our sponsors. And so for your questions, we're giving away three uh, Chick-fil-A gift cards. Uh, there is a percentage off on delivery dudes if you're in Delray or Boca Raton. And also, we have a new thing with Major Performance with a certified fitness trainer. We are going to put this up on the link in the bio and the website. We're going to have a 25% off for sessions with a certified fitness trainer who is phenomenal, who is a former Division I athlete and works with some high-end clients. If you would be interested in that, please tune in. Again, Major Performance, 25% off. Info in bio and website. So Dr. Keller, tell us um, what it is that you do as like a college advisor. All right, so as a college advisor, um, my main goal is to ensure success. And by positioning students so that they can be successful, we all want success, we all want fame, we all want fortune, but a lot of times we don't know how to get it. And college is a wonderful opportunity to be able to chase that dream. Because we all have the dream and it's just out there and it's doing its thing. But we, we don't know how to do that. So like I've invested like so much of my time and my energy to just helping helping kids get there. They are our future. You yeah. know, somebody was there for me, you know, and, and I'm there for someone else. I have to pay it forward. I just feel like it's it's almost my like life's mission. So what is it that somebody can do as far as like common application, coalition application? letters of rec, like what would you say to that person that's like starting to transition from high school to college? All right. And I mean, it really just depends on when you get them. Mm. Uh, but just as a whole, like you need to take baby steps. Okay. You need to know where you're going and why you want to go there. Mm. So first and foremost, do you want to go to college? Are you an academic? Do, are you somebody who doesn't mind dedicating the next four years of their life mm -hmm. to studying and doing right. homework and and learning a skill set? Mm -hmm. Do you do you have the ability to do that? I mean, do you have financial obligations? Do you do you have a desire to do anything? Mm -hmm. is, is there something that you that you're fascinated about, whether it's computers or video games or nursing or anything like that? Is there something that you're passionate about? So, I mean, like, that's the first thing that you identify have to be, the passion, identify the passion. And then from there, we can get down into the nitty gritty. We start developing college lists. You start thinking about what you want from a college. And we start getting down to the details because we have to macro and work our way into the micro. Yep. So broad view, work our way into the details. Perfect. One of the students from Paul Beach County actually said, who should I talk to when coming up with a college list? And she wants to know, because again, like money is a little bit of an issue, okay. like what are some resources? What can she do? Your high school is your best resource, especially for somebody who doesn't have, you know, maybe the financial means to go mm -hmm. outside and have personal attention. Right. Most high schools will have a college advisor of sorts. Mm -hmm. And if they do not, your school counselor should be a wealth of knowledge. With the college list, with going for your, your A-level college, your B-level college, and maybe even like a, 
a settling C. Okay. Where you know you'll get it. Okay. And it'll be fine. Okay. Uh, for our area, Palm Beach State College is great because it's good education. You save money. And then you transfer to an FAU, UCF, or Auburn. What do you say about that when developing? Like, how many colleges should somebody prepare to send their application to? And then, like, how many should they go? Like, maybe two A's, two B's? Like, how does that usually look? All right. So now we're getting into a a money game because although I would love to say, hey, let's go apply to every place that tickles your fancy. It costs to apply. So you're, you're looking you know, upwards of $100 for an application, your typical, you know, Florida schools, public schools going to be about 60 bucks. So you start racking that up, yeah. you know, you're, you're talking hundreds of dollars that mm-hmm. you're not getting back. That's just to throw your, you know, your name in the hat. Like, there hey! waivers or anything? Yeah. So there, there are waivers. So they're financial waivers. So depending upon what your family income is, you can actually get a lot of those for free, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So if that is a student's case, they should absolutely be looking into that. College Board is fantastic Mm. about offering waivers to students. Mm. But with that, I normally say 7 to 10, give or take. Apply to 7 to 10 colleges. Yeah, you you want a couple reaches, which would be your A level. Like UF. Yeah, it's kind of UCF. it's kind of a dream just because of their published marks are a little on the high side for whatever your academic marks are, or at least currently. And then you have the the bulk of it will be in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you want if we're gonna take seven schools, we probably want two at the top, two at the bottom, and the other three in the middle. So mm-hmm. those you're gonna be perfect fits for. And then two that you should be able to get in. It shouldn't be a problem and you should be good to go. But to your point earlier, do not turn your back on a two-year school. For Palm Beach State College, for instance, they're, if I'm not mistaken, they're rated like one of the better two-year schools in the country. Wow. Not only the state, in the country. So, and the price is right because you're going to get a similar education for a reduced price, oftentimes half or even more. So don't turn your back on that option of going that route and then transferring after two years. And might you might find yourself at that A-level UF or some school that is similar to that, which you consider your A-level. Mm. So your A, B, and C level should be very, you know, dependent upon what you want and who you are. Don't just, you know, just follow everyone else and yeah. this is what's an A and this is what's a B and mm-hmm. this is what's a C. And this is the thing too, like the Wall Street Journal just had an article out. I sent it to a bunch of my kids. It's not the school you go to. It's what you do at that school. A hundred percent. I think that way too often we get consumed with brand shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, we want the Gucci or Louis Vuitton of, of, of colleges. Yeah. But it, it pains me in my soul mm-hmm. when I see people brand shopping because... You're discrediting your own ability. Right. You think that because you go to this school who has this reputation, mm-hmm. that that's what's going to make you. No, you are already made. Mm-hmm. You control what's going to happen. There are right. plenty of people that flunk out of those brand name schools. And there are plenty of people yeah. who go, who started a Palm Beach State right. or a B tier school, right. if you will, and make their way to greatness. I mean, look at Bill Gates, for instance. He is one of the wealthiest men in the world. Mm -hmm. He dropped out of college. So uh, that's no plug to drop out of college (laughs) and stop pursuing your education. But at the same time, 
You are what you make of it. Mm -hmm. So for you to think that just because you brand shop, that that's going to indicate success. No, that's not it. You're discrediting yourself and you're doing yourself a disservice. You control your destiny. It's what are you doing with your time? Are you getting the most out of it? Are you playing to yourself and your needs and your wants? Are you paying it forward? Are you making the situation the best possible for yourself? And that doesn't matter where you do that. No brand, no name associated with the college is going to make up for the time and energy you put into the things that you do. And, and that is life, my friend. Hashtag life all day. Like that is what we're talking about yeah. because it really doesn't matter. Right. It's about what we do with, with the time that we have. Mm -hmm. And again, like nobody cares where you went to college when it's all said and done. Right. It's what do you know and how can you demonstrate that you know it and you can be a contributor mm -hmm. to whoever is willing to hire you for your talents. And that's it. And listen, there's a small percentage where you're getting into like a competitive law program, right? And, you know, obviously I went to my undergrad at Princeton. I want to get into Harvard Law. Of course. And again, you have that. That's like one out of, you know, 30, 50 cases. Okay. Huh. Most of the time, I 100% agree with you. I think the research and the literature will all agree that it's what you do with your time, your investments, because if you invest into the school, listen, the school's not gonna invest into you. I agree. You have to invest into the school. I mean, heck, if you even think about it, you're paying them, they're not paying you. Exactly, it's a contractual business relationship. Absolutely. You have to think about the end game and work back from there. Because what you realize when you start to investigate that is you have an end game and you have your current game. And then you have a lot of gray space in between. What are you doing in that gray space to make sure that we get from point A to point Z. And those are the decisions that matter. And that's who's going to make you who you want to become. You have to let your future image of yourself guide your current self. And I know that's a really abstract thought, but we all have dreams and aspirations. Uh, I tie a lot of this to Disney. Disney has framed a lot of people's lives. But you live this, you watch these fairy tales. And this is how, how it's supposed to be. And they create dreams and fantasies. And we hold on to those. And yes, maybe we get rid of the flying rug idea and all of that. But the whole thing is we still should dream and we still have aspirations. So we know where we want to go. We have to fill in that gap. You can still dream. You can still achieve those things. But there has to be a plan in place to make sure that you get from where you're at to where you're going. Because if not, we just have a lot of fantasy that fills that gap. So you, you, you got to make moves one, one step at a time. Perfect. Can you talk a little bit about the dual enrollment and like, why you, because we talked about this before, why you would maybe encourage students to consider doing that? Okay, so first and foremost, with dual enrollment, if you don't have it at your school, uh, just understand that it is exactly what the name entails. You're enrolled in two places at once. You'll be enrolled in the high school and you'll be enrolled at the college at the same time. Mm. So essentially, with that happening, if you're allowed to dual enroll and your district kind of promotes that, 
and your school promotes it, there's a whole lot of benefit to dual enrolling. Mainly, if you've never dual enrolled before, you're having you're you're having the ability to step foot on a college campus. Mm-hmm. You get to sit in a college classroom. You get to see what it's like because it is entirely different from high school. A high school class is a full year long. So for most schools, that's going to be 36 weeks. I mean, you're talking in college, you know how that works. It's like a one semester deal. So like a student, and you were just telling me that this blew my mind. So you have to have the credentials. Not everybody can do it. So you got to work hard. You got to get a certain SAT uh, prerequisite score, an ACT score. Um, You take one English class or math class for ninth grade, and then you can start your sophomore year? Oh yeah, I can speak to Palm Beach County and I'm sure every other district has similar guidelines, especially if they encourage the dual enrollment. Mm -hmm. But if you're a Palm Beach County student, yeah, you really need to complete your freshman year and have qualifying test scores. Those qualifying test scores can be an ACT or an SAT. Which are doable. Oh no, 100%. If if, if you're looking to take classes at the college, you should be able to meet those scores. And if you can't meet those scores, then you're just not ready yet this is Mm -hmm. not your time Mm -hmm. but your time will come but the dual enrollment just that exposure is Mm -hmm. worth its weight in gold yeah and depending on what what your ultimate end game is because we've been focusing a lot on end game it's like what's what's your ultimate plan that you can put a lot of uh, you can build a pretty robust college transcript Mm. while you're still in high school you could be a part-time college student and it's like, how much is dual enrollment? Palm Beach County. Zero dollars, my friend. My favorite cost. That is the best cost ever. Free is for me. Free is Free for me. Free is for me. And it should be for you as well. If those opportunities are there, there's yeah. no reason why you shouldn't at least be investigating. Right. Because there, there is no reason why you shouldn't. There is nothing but pros, very limited cons, as long as you're willing to put in effort. Please don't get into that situation and not be putting in the effort. Exactly. Where, you know, you start to do part-time college. Because that stuff's going to be on your college transcript. Oh, you're, so, bu- you're building a high school transcript and a right. college transcript simultaneously. Most, I and you just showed me, we looked it up. Like 80% of people in high school that do the dual enrollment where they go to Palm Beach State College or a four-year degree school like FAU and whatever state uh, you're in, they all have something similar. If you slack off and you don't turn in the work and you get a C or a D, it's it's going to reflect on your transcript, which is the same thing as high school. It's the same amount of pressure. Exactly. You have you have to see what it is that you want and we have, we have to work towards it. Yeah. And this is especially beneficial to students who are coming from low SES situations. Right. If you don't have a lot of money in the household, it is ideal to participate in dual enrollment mm. because you're participating on someone else's dime. Exactly. So you're acquiring college credits and fulfilling necessary prerequisites mm-hmm. and courses dedicated to your major. Right. And you don't have to come out of pocket. Right. So you could be graduating high school and have completed a year or potentially two of college so that cuts the price in half if you if you have completed two years of college um by the time you graduate high school you've cut the cost of college in half and at that point now something that was a dream Mm -hmm. is no longer and now it's attainable again and college can be back on your radar and for those who are who that's not an issue or that you have aspirations of getting graduate degree or a doctorate Mm -hmm. Now you just cut two years off of that process. Right. 
So essentially now in your mid to early 20s, you could be complete, ready to go, jump into the workforce and make your bankroll. That is five to $20,000 on average per year that you're saving. Yes. And it's free. So dual enrollment, no matter where you are, like if if you get the certain SAT score, you have a certain GPA, which again, isn't anything that's necessarily impossible. And this counts for college. Absolutely. You pay a $10 ID fee, you said, or whatever, yeah. like a little card. Mm-hmm. And you get the college experience. Like you get to go to a college campus with other people who are older than you. And while it seems intimidating, if you just ask questions, go to office hours, the work isn't all that much harder. Yeah. It is a win, win, win. I, I, I feel like DJ Khaled. It's, I mean, all we do is win. All we do is win. All we do is win. That's it. I like that. We need to we need to incorporate more DJ Khaled quotes in all of this. I, absolutely. He he is a man full of quotes, usable quotes. And speaking of another one, her question is this: She's afraid of getting her child into dual enrollment classes because she's afraid that if they don't try, then that's going to be like scarring to them. But my thought was, well, how's that any different than? your daughter taking like AP English and AP math and building the resume, getting the college credit, struggling. Doesn't that affect you as well? There's a good pressure. And that's the thing I told her, like, and I wanted your opinion on this. There's a healthy kind of pressure. If I went to go just run, like, I don't care. But if I'm running a 5K this weekend, you better believe because of the pressure, I I need to get out there and start doing it because I'm going to feel the weight of it in a good way, right? No, 100%. 100%. Like, if if you are someone who is trying to achieve greatness, trying to push your boundaries to to see what you're capable of doing, then 100%, that pressure is there because you care. You're scared to underperform because you care. So those are... Those are inherent qualities that come with with wanting it for feeling like this is something important. If it's important to you, you're going to be fearful of not meeting expectations. You said expectations and it falls right into the next question. So we have a student here and he's been on the fence and he's going to be phasing into uh, senior year. He said, I'm not in all the ACE and AP classes. I've taken one or two. I just I've struggled because of, I guess, fill in the blank. Okay, something, life, whatever. Life happens. Life happens. Life happens. So he's like, am I totally shot for college? He's done well. It was just his junior year he struggled. Okay, so no, you're not shot. Like your, your opportunities are not over. This is a holistic process. That is the the word of the day that's thrown around by the colleges. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a holistic process. It takes into account everything that you've done through high school. Okay. So when we finally unveiled the curtain and said, hey, look, it's high school time, mm-hmm. then now all of this stuff counts. They're looking at all of that. Yes, is junior year the most important? Yes and no. Like, yes, because it's the last thing that you can show them is what your last face was, what your. Before you apply senior year. What you, you know, what you have done, what have you done for me lately? Okay. So, but you also have ninth and 10th grade year that's there as well. Mm -hmm. And you always have a chance to reinvent yourself. It is summertime. So you have those. How, how long is that? Like, it's like 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. So you have those 10 weeks to try to remedy anything that you feel that you have done poorly Mm -hmm. previously. Also, maybe you have kind of closed the door on a university, but those situations are temporary. Like we mentioned before, there are two year schools that Mm -hmm. you can transition from those schools. And it kind of serves as a a do over for some. 
that you can go there, you can put in a year's worth of hard work and transfer mm -hmm. into the university of your choosing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. It's not about how how we get there. It's about where we get to. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, if you if you or I were to to, to take a journey somewhere mm -hmm. and we wind up there together, like it doesn't really matter whether you took you know fourteen buses to get there and I drove a car there. Mm -hmm. We've arrived at the same destination. Yeah. And so if you if you're a doctor, if that young man winds up being a doctor at the end of the day, when was the last time you went to a doctor and asked them where he graduated from? I don't remember ever doing that. No, I, to be honest, I don't even know if any of, of my like, physicians actually went to college. I've never asked. And so I want to now kind of go back a little bit to this idea of with people. And listen, we have college students that are listening in from our analytics. We have high school students, too, and their parents and they're curious. I want to talk about this idea of reinventing yourself because guess what? It's one of the best topics that I'm seeing for a college application essay. Oh, 100%. And it's one of the greatest things that I've seen in all of literature. The Great Gatsby is about reinvention, but in a bad way, right? And, and all the archetypal literature that we do in classes, which makes itself seen in a college application essay that is solid, is about you overcoming something, right? Yeah. And you adapting. Of course. And that's what I want to ask you. Like, what is your perspective on that? Like, what is a good, solid college app essay? Because sometimes they're all over the place. So this is a really loaded question. Yeah. Because college applications are unique to the client, the student. It's just the individual. So this is not a cookie cutter situation. And those who try to follow a cookie cutter mentality are going to be on the outside looking in. Because... You're unique. Mm -hmm. And if you look in the mirror, you're different than me. Yeah. And I'm different than you and yeah. so on and so forth. I mean, with the exception of twins, of course. Your application has to be unique as well. Yeah. And, and that goes into the essay. There is no key. There is no secret sauce. McDonald's has a secret sauce, not college essays. Yeah. So you have to be authentic. You have to speak your truth. You have to tell your story. How do you do that? Like, how do you become more genuine and authentic? I think you have to throw the rules out the window. I like that. I think that you cannot go into trying to write about yourself and think that you have parameters in which you need to do so. It is very, very difficult. You want to have a teenager become speechless? Ask them about themselves. Agreed. They've got nothing to say. You want to ask them about the gram? You want to ask them about anything? You want to talk about pop culture? They'll talk for days. Ask them about themselves. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What are you about? What makes you you? What makes you get up in the morning? What inspires you? Crickets. And not that crickets inspire them, but you will hear crickets. Yeah. Because they have nothing to say. Right. Because we live in a world that we're taught from an early age mm -hmm. not to talk about ourselves, not yeah. to be selfish. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask somebody to be selfish and, hey, these next 600 words are about you. Yeah. Tell me about you. It, it's like a job interview you have to sell and pitch yourself of course and it's awkward oh 100 yeah. percent. these students especially if it's meaningful 
Agreed. And a lot of times these students may not have ever sat through a job interview. So this is the first experience they've ever had that resembles anything like a job interview where they're put on the spot. So with that being said, you need to be authentic. You need to throw the rules out the window and you need to tell your story. And all of that, those guiding principles about not talking about yourself, not bragging, not doing this. No, throw it all out an overwhelming majority of college app essays that were very successful in redeeming low GPA and redeeming poor behavior for a year or two because the kid was dealing with maybe a divorce at home. But those essays were all about resilience and overcoming some type of obstacle. It was focused around like one topic and it was authentic because it was real. Of course, you have to work through revisions, but... It's interesting to me because nobody wants to talk about their failure. For years, I never wanted to talk about it and I never let people in. But then the second I started to talk about it, people drew in and colleges are the same way. They want to hear about, well, okay, why did you fail? And how are you going to be better than it? Because they'd rather take that kid in versus the other one who isn't used to failing, goes through adversity and fails out of college. And man, I'm glad you brought that up. I like to classify myself as a failure. I, I, I love it and I wear it as a badge of honor. It's not because I'm being cynical. It's because my failures have led me to be successful. If it wasn't for me failing in other things, I would have never developed the hunger that I needed to be where I'm at right now. Because you don't learn from winning. You yeah. learn from losing. Embrace your failures. And when you can relay that to a college, yeah. sometimes it, it gives color to a black and white transcript. So to your young man that you speak of junior year who didn't have the greatest junior year and wants to know what he can do to rectify himself, maybe there's a reason why he had a bad year. Tap into that. And if, yeah, and absolutely tap into that. And if a divorce or something happened that really turned him, maybe he made some poor life choices, whatever the case may be, Mm. own that. Those are your choices. This is your life. But sometimes when you can explain that to the college, it gets context to a transcript that has zero context. Right. They're just numbers. They're just numbers. So when you do that, you give some personality Mm -hmm. to an application void of personality. It sounds like for you, because I know this has worked really well for me. In my class, I do a self-authoring program where I tell students where, whether it be a college lecture or what have you, if you cannot put to word things that happened to you or around you that you weren't happy about, trauma, something at home, a conversation or argument or breakup that really kind of impacted you, right? If you can't put that to word and write that down, that you're never going to be able to control it. And that means you're not self-authoring. You're not the author of your own story. Therefore, someone else is going to write your story and you're not going to like it very much. So my point is it's healing to be able to put what you're feeling, okay? Or maybe what you're not even aware of to word and to reflect and put journal because a lot of the kids that I see write down two application essays for college, they hate it. Mm-hmm. They're like, it seems so forced. Mm-hmm. And it's their third. And what's funny is a good majority of them, they start journaling. That they kind of take their pick of like, oh, I wrote something and this was like my 10th try at it. I'm just jotting down randomness. They're not even complete sentences sometimes. I'm just kind of getting out here and I'm bleeding it onto the page, you know. And they're doing it like that summer before senior year, which is great because they're doing it ahead of time. And then we're able to work with something here. 
where like, oh, you got something. This is this is your voice. I can tell. And then they're like, great. So what they want to hear is they want to hear your voice. They want to hear your story. They want to hear your trials and tribulations or successes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a story about tragedy and trauma. It can be your greatest moment. Yeah. But let it be yours. Whatever it is, let it be yours. Next question and topic, we're going to dive into extracurricular involvement. Right. Ooh, yeah. saucy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we have we have our classes, right? And our, our grades, our GPA, our HPA, attendance, behavioral stuff with referrals, whatnot. Fine. That That's one element. Uh, we started to talk about, and we actually you did an excellent job with the application essay. Oh, well, thank you. Of course. And now like extracurricular, sports, clubs, honor societies, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain about that because we've had, I don't even know, a dozen students who were asking questions about how important is it? What do you recommend? A lot of them are going into junior and senior year. Okay. So how important is it? Tremendously important Mm. Um, because there are certain aspects of an application that will scream your name. They will give it a personal touch. Yeah. What do you do in your spare time? So your extracurriculars really speak to who you are and what's important to you. And because your affiliations are a part of who you are and, and, it, and it speaks to your character. It speaks about you, where, where you think that your time, which is the one thing in life you can't get back. You, yeah. you have a limited amount of time. Like, what do you do in your spare time? Like, where do you invest it? So it gives your application a personal touch. So, and as far as guiding a student as to what they should be doing, sports or something else, that's entirely up to the individual. Do what inspires you. With with high school, like even if you're late in the game and it's like 11th grade, it's not too late to join a club. With those clubs, I see kids come in from rough situations. They're not involved. And they work their way up the social hierarchy into a leadership position because they prove themselves. And this is something that I remember another college advisor told me who's retired now. And, and she said, um, listen, jack of all trades, master of none. You can have a kid who's a social butterfly and he or she, they go into you know leadership. They do this club. They do that sport. And sometimes you can make it work. But a lot of times you're over juggling and eventually one or two things are going to drop. Oh, because it's too much. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I agree. So less to her, less is more. Focus and hone in on two to three of those elements and just master them. Yeah, I, I, I will agree. And not to steal her catchphrase, but I, I'll have my own quality over quantity. Yeah. So it's really important that if you're going to invest your time. Mm-hmm. invest it with places where you can optimize your talents if you're an athlete focus on the sport that you're good at yeah. focus on the sport that you love and don't try to do two or three sports in the same season because they can't all get your best effort right and if you're someone who is involved in the clubs or organizations can you really be the best version of yourself if you're in you know, five clubs and three organizations yeah that's crazy to me. You, you you really can't i'm sure that the times that they meet are going to cross over uh, that you also have your 
social life, you have homework, you have to study in oh yeah, you have to sleep. Yeah. So that's like, a thing. But and, and eat every now and again. So there's only so much time in the day. And so it's really best that you take, you know, all your aspirations and your ambition and and, and hone it and collect it and really put forth that effort into a couple of things where you really know that you can it can can put your best foot forward and that you have something to talk about and that you're not just in these clubs or organizations solely for membership, that you are a valuable piece Mm -hmm. of that puzzle because these are people that you may ask for letters of recommendation. The college may reach out to the advisors of these clubs Mm -hmm. and, and ask, hey, what has this student done? Where is their level of participation? They speak of your club often. What do you have to say about them? And the last thing that you want to come across as is just some name on a roster. You want to be able to to highlight your characteristics and what you bring to the table and and what this club has done for you and likewise what you have done for the club because the college is interested to see how you are going to integrate into their college. That is the biggest thing. And this is what it is. It's this fact of most people go into job interviews, most people go into college application processes with the mentality of, please accept me, please accept me. Seriously, there's a difference in confidence. Like there has to be somewhat of an assertiveness and, and, and confidence that's not, that has to be authentic like the college app essay, right? Because it's a job interview and you're basically speed dating through colleges yep. and clubs and finding your way and you have to market yourself in one to two points of this is how I undergone resilience. This is how I've overcome this. This is a great moment in my life and what I'm passionate about, right? Exactly. They, they want to see commitment. They want to see passion. They want to understand your character because you, you are writing essays. You're telling them what you're doing. You're showing them the activities that you're involved in. Yeah, and they may just see that the student who wants to do everything but his like the previous counselor had said that is the master of nothing and that's not what they want because then you haven't found yourself colleges want you to go there with some identity Mm -hmm. and if your extracurriculars speak to your identity they do because have you been affiliated with a club for four years have you worked your way up the ranks that shows commitment it shows dedication it shows hard work it there's so much it shows leadership there's so much intangible pieces that you don't even have any idea that are displayed by your long-standing commitment as a teenager to a couple of organizations or clubs that you feel strongly about. It speaks volumes. Yeah, it may not be speaking to you necessarily, but other people are hearing it loud and clear. And to go back, um, just to reiterate what you were saying, listen, it's like speed dating, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're going into the conversation like, with, like you're trying to court some, you're trying to date somebody. You're like, oh, please, will you please? Like it shows you as weak. It shows you as someone who's not like confident and yes. strong and aware of who you are. And colleges are the same way. You need to 
in high school, even if it's junior year, it's not too late. You get super invested in, in two organizations, clubs, maybe a sport. You get close and develop mentorships with those people. They're writing your letters of recommendation, yeah. by the way, and they're going to write you a good one if you give it your all and find balance and don't let them down. Jack of all trades, master of none. And then your application essay will have that confident landing points of this is what I've done. I've bettered the social fabric of my institution and I'm going to take that and walk into your institution doing the same thing. Yeah. And no. that is the goal. You need to have an air of confidence. You need to show your heart. You need to show your passions. You need to show that you stand for something. Yeah. If you don't stand for anything, then then why are they going to commit to you if you show them that you can't commit to anything? Mm -hmm. So you want from them what you're not willing to show other people. Mm -hmm. So this is a give and a take. What you want the college to do for you, you have to display for the colleges. Right. So it, it's just it's one of those things that you have to understand yourself because you are your own salesman. Yeah. And on, on average, a, a college rep reads an application for 10 minutes. Yeah. A uh, study shows. So if, they, if they're looking... 10 minutes their, is a long time yeah. for one individual. It, 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 it is a long time but at the same time that with that if they're just reading that there are just affiliations but there's no real passion there's no real heart that what have you really done when we get rid of all the the superficial what have you really done yeah and if there's silence in the room that silence is loud yeah the thing is we all want what we want mm -hmm. and we all want to do everything that we can to get what we want mm -hmm. but we have to be pragmatic about how we do it mm -hmm. and your the best way for you to do it is to invest your time in a couple of things and really reap the rewards you're going to feel good about yourself mm -hmm. by doing these things because you are becoming a master of your trade you right. are really dedicating your time and you are getting that back by just the love that you're getting from your peers, your advisor, all of the people that you serve. So you're getting all of that back. So it serves you in every capacity possible. So that just mentally it stimulates you. As an individual, you feel fulfilled because you're dedicating your time to something that ultimately is from a selfish standpoint because you're using it to to help build the resume but at the same time you're starting to establish your own passions that you may not have known were a passion prior right. and and you're paying it forward at the same time and in creating your legacy creating yeah. your story that if you would just show me who you are the real you the real you and who what you care about the authentic you that we would get somewhere right and i, and I think that the college process winds up being your dating scenario where people try to to fake their way into a relationship only to reveal themselves at a later time. And it's and, disastrous. And disastrous. It doesn't work out. It does not. It blows up and it's way better. Listen, fake it till you make it in some ways, sure. Yeah, I But agree. in many ways, if you continue to fake and, and lie and per like, perceive yourself to be someone you're not, then you're eventually going to run into trouble as to who you are. It's the same question. How can you reinvent yourself? And when is it too late? Which I know that you and I both agree, it's not. 
Um, so, so if you could focus on the fact of, hey, how do you reinvent yourself? How can you like start to get to a place where you feel good about what you do day to day? All right. So, I mean, I I use my own story uh, as an example because you know I, it's hard to speak to other people, but for myself, I have made the transition from slacker to scholar, and I wear that with a badge of honor because. In, in high school, I was not the person that I am today. I'm proud of that. Again, referring to the failures that we speak of previously, yeah. that it helped me develop into who I am. I would, I would do anything in my power to avoid work, just school work mainly, to get over it, around it, under it, anything but through it. Mm-hmm. All right, so like the whole apathy piece, like I get it, but we are in control. Mm. You can reinvent yourself every single day. Um, and I firmly believe that, and, and I am a screaming example that that can happen. Every day we get up, we make a choice. How is today going to be? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Are we going to attack the world? Or are we just going to be a participant? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like when, I, when I'm talking to my kids, I really like to put that uh, in context of video games. Mm. Why do we love video games? Like, the mastery of it, the gaming of it, the fact that you always have another chance. Yeah. Hey, every video game that I know of, you're given multiple lives. Yeah. So reset. you can reset and you can start over knowing what or where your failures were the last time. If, if you've played a, a stage to a certain point and you died because, uh, oh, well, I didn't know that boulder was going to fall on me or I didn't know this guy was going to pop out from around the corner. Mm. Now that you reset and play it again, you're wiser and stronger. Yeah. And so if we take that same mentality with the video games mm-hmm. and put them towards life, mm-hmm. you know, the lesson when we went to bed, we learned lessons from that day. You wake up the next day, take those lessons, own them, mm-hmm. be better, do better. Take that and let that be what guides you to start this day with that little bit of knowledge that you didn't have yesterday, that you right. do today. So we make that choice every day. Honestly, like that's the thing. Like we have to own it. Like we have to own it, and we have to want to do better. We have to take back control. Mm-hmm. And we, we have that ability, man. Just hit that reset button. We get that reset button every day when we go to sleep. Yeah. We wake up the next day. Especially when you're a late teen or maybe even early twenty something, you have so much time. You have so much potential. And I hate to say it in terms of cliches, but you know, what you're saying I really like as far as like the term of like restart. And this whole podcast idea is about like just start. Just literally start today what you're going to put off tomorrow. And I think a lot of uh, young adults and kids struggle with that. And this is the biggest thing. I think the biggest takeaway from this entire piece, from what you've said and what we've talked about, is look, you want to write a good application, I say that's authentic and genuine. You're not going to be able to do that in one night. No, absolutely not. The best of writers I've seen haven't been able to tap into that. It's the people that are reflective practitioners. You're always thinking and judging like, oh, how can I be better? How can I do? And you're only going to do that if you start to actually start reflecting and and putting to word what it is that you think and you feel and diary and journal and grow and then start to handpick these elements. 
There's nothing, at least not in, to, to my knowledge, that I have ever done in my life that I attempted it for the first time and was an expert and had it down pat. Mm. Like I, I cook, I drive, I, I study, mm. I, I counsel, I do all of these things. I have never, I, even to this point, I don't really consider myself an expert in any of those fields. But I'm far superior to, to that of what I was when I first started. Right. And that's, listen, and, and, and one of the biggest takeaways too is stop comparing. It's, it's so competitive. Yeah. It's so competitive yes. that they shut down. This is the, one of the biggest things as far as just getting to the point where you can produce and be like, I'm going to start today what I've been putting off for months, right? Stop comparing yourself to other people and compare yourself to who you individually were the day before. Stop being afraid of being you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be like everybody else. Right. You are you. Mm -hmm. No one else on this planet is you. Yeah. Stop being afraid to be you. Mm -hmm. And you, you stand up for yourself. Do what you want to do. Have your application reflect who you are. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep up with other people. Other people don't have to keep up with you. You are an individual. Embrace that. And no one else is going to choose that for you. The thing is that you are an active participant in everything that you do. Every, everything has your participation one way or another. Right. Whether you completely agree or you don't agree. Mm -hmm. Everything, if you're not, nothing happens in your life without your participation, with, right. without your piece of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, although maybe you are forced to go to college. Yeah, but... If you don't make the moves to do so, mm -hmm. no matter what anybody else's will, you, you're not going to go. You yeah. can sit in the corner all day. No matter how much anybody wants you to get up, they can physically pick you up and move you. But mm -hmm. you're not going to get started until you commit to the idea. We're, we're not always given the silver spoon. We're not always given all the answers. Yeah. We have to work for things. And some of us have an advantage. Others have a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very similar to you. I had to work harder than most. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have the resources that other people had. And that's perfectly fine. But again, it taught me you know, the tricks of the trade yeah. to how to get to where I needed to be, to how to fend for myself, how to work yeah. And to work harder, work around things, and to find where my niche was. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that instead of looking at your obstacles as reasons as to why you can't, mm -hmm. they just show you that you can. That whole idea of failure, I have learned over time to embrace it yeah. and not let it deter me. Yeah. And if you can harness the power of doing that, mm -hmm. the rewards are endless. I know that we all really like Cinderella stories. Every Oscar film that I've seen for the most part has some type of underdog that overcomes the odds. The best application college essays that I see are about some type of David and Goliath mm -hmm. that takes on this battle. Maybe maybe you're the David taking on anxiety. Maybe you're the David taking on a, a divorce at home mm -hmm. midway through high school. Maybe you're taking on depression or a horrible breakup. Whatever that thing is, tap into that, write it down, observe it, share it. The biggest thing is sharing it because then oh, you, yeah. get, you get better at telling your own testimony and then you get better at selling and pitching yourself. I for agree. A job, college, 
That's emotional intelligence. And this is the biggest thing. Rejection is going to be a thing. It's life. Life deals with failure. It deals with rejection. That's the college survival log right there. That is a cup filled with rejection because the sooner you embrace that and say, okay, because each time I'm going to learn from that very thing, I'm going to learn from that breakup. I'm going to learn from that college that dismissed me. I'm going to learn from that professor who didn't care about me. It's okay. You're going to keep that healthy separation. You're going to internalize it. Maybe even share that in a therapeutic sense and then grow from that because that's going to make you stronger. No, it, it builds confidence. It builds resilience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, it, it, it just empowers you to yes. know that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Things will get better. Yeah. And it's just it, those things. Failure, you embrace failure and take the, and take the messages mm-hmm. and, and lessons that are there to be learned from failure. And it will take you a long way. Yeah. Uh, you have to look, look deeper into it than the superficial level of what just failure is. Oh, that you didn't make it. You took the L. Mm-hmm. No, you, took, you did take the L. You learned a lesson. Yes. You learned a lesson. That's the L that you really got. Which I like, actually. Fr- from, from failing at something. The L, and, the loss, that's a lesson. You know, it's a lesson. It is a lesson. You are better because you failed. Hey, you know what, uh, Dr. Keller, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you so much for answering all of these questions uh, from students in high school, from college, even some of the parents. This, is a, this means a lot to us and our listeners and our community. This is Just Start Podcast. I'm Jordan Hernandez. We're here with Dr. Keller today. Check out his information. He has an article on our website and a blog that is very helpful, and it's Slacker to Scholar. You can get a hold of him on there through LinkedIn, through email, uh, if you're interested in his services through college advising again he has his doctorate so he's a bigger deal than most and again he has a success story and it's very deeply rooted in failure and that is what all this podcast is about it's not just about us it's about you and we're really beyond thrilled that you're listening to this still so thank you so much and uh, dr keller thank you for being here and not a problem buddy anything i can do to help to help out the listeners i am legitimately here for for them and you know every little piece of advice can go a long way awesome thank you so much bye Yo, South Florida, everybody. This is uh, Hype Man H from the 585 to the 761, or no, 561. We are here live with Dr. Keller, Dr. K-E-L-R. He's going to go through something super meaningful with you real uh, in real time, everybody. Tune in.